podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today, the Sherpa is interviewing voice actor and R&B singer Heath Martin. I used to be a pop singer. I was in a boy band that dressed like Charlie Brown. I know I'm going to regret asking, but what was the name of the group? New Kids on the Blockhead. Attention, Rebels of the Sherpolution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, our award-winning customer service department is fully trained to ignore you and any of your silly questions. Coming to you from Sherpa Chalet in beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia, it's time for entertainment interviews in the Sherpa screening room. Grab an aisle seat and a bucket of popcorn, but don't crunch too loud or you'll miss the show. Now, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Welcome to the Sherpa Screening Room, a presentation of Too Many Podcasts, and it's me, Jim the Podcast Sherpa. I've been waiting for you. Glad you hit the play button. It was getting a little hot down here, you know? And my guest today is a voiceover actor who was once an R&B singer. So when we had our interview, it was a really interesting story of how he went from the world of music to the world of voiceover acting. It sounds like a natural progression, but to hear him say it, it's a really unique story. I always have the folks with unique stories. It's never like, boom, this is my new career. No, it happens magically. Magic, I say, in the land of podcast, yeah. And I think I need to actually apologize a little bit for this interview because I was laughing so much because Heath was just making me laugh with all of his different character voices. I tried to step away from the microphone every once in a while so that you wouldn't hear my constant laughter during the course of the interview. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and he was a great guy. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to know him, and I think you will enjoy getting to know him as well. So have a listen to my interview with voiceover actor Heath Martin. Hello there, Rebels. Today, I am actually speaking to the voice of a superhero. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not making this up. He is an R&B singer. He, he may have saved a couple of lives when he was singing R&B. I don't know. We'll have to find out. And he is a voiceover actor who's done video games, animations. He's also been an actor on the stage. And he's done movies with actor Michael Madsen as well. And we're going to get to know him. His name is Heath Martin, coming to us from California, right? I'm in Washington State. Washington. Oh, okay. Yep. I knew it was somewhere out west. <laughs> the west Coast. You're, you're right up the street. Yeah. I was close. <laughs> How you doing, Heath? Welcome to the Good. show. Good to see you. Do you go by Jim or the Sherpa? Which, uh, uh, which whichever one you're comfortable with, Jim or Sherpa. Got it. <laughs> okay. Thanks so, for having me, Kyle. You, you've really uh, been a performer since you were a kid. I have been. Since I could form words, I've been 
putting on shows for family and whoever would pay attention. I uh, started up singing from literally as soon as I could 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 speak and I can't speak now apparently but I I <laughs> I've been singing my whole life and it always just came naturally to me so performing for family at functions at get-togethers that type of thing that's kind of been my life since forever and you were in gospel and R&B groups yeah yeah, yeah. I um I came up in the church singing gospel music and then that changed to secular music uh late teenage years mm-hmm. and um and I still make music to this day. Who are your musical influences? Mm, so many. Oh. Um, <laughs> there are just, I mean, this is a loaded question because okay. there's so many greats, man. <laughs> but I grew up listening to like Prince and Michael Jackson, um, <clears throat> Houdini, UTFO, Run DMC, Public Enemy, a lot of hip hop influence. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when I was doing gospel music, I was listening to a lot of Take Six, um, a lot of acapella. And just really Luther Vandross, Stevie Wonder, anything that had soul to it and, and, and feel to it. I really, I really dug Jodeci, Silk, some of the, a lot of the 90s R&B groups. You know, I was listening to your uh, voice demo on your, on your website, heathmartinvo.com, and your voice is so deep. I, I, I can picture you like on, doing like an R and B record, and we, you know when the R and B singer kind of has that little solo. Hey, baby, <laughs> I know it's hard, but you just have to just wait, just hold on, just a little longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right up my alley. But what's surprising is I, I I can sing from bass to tenor, but I only I tend to stay in the baritone to tenor range. Mm-hmm. I don't unless I'm doing a, a bass line harmony or something. I tend to stay away from that down low because everyone's, oh, you you talk so deep, you must sound like Barry White. And I can do some Barry White tunes, but it's not, that's not really my wheelhouse. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you've been singing long enough. I, I think a, a good singer knows exactly what their limitations are too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't want to hurt yourself. You probably take really good care of your voice, I'm guessing. I try to. I, I, I work it out every day. Um, and... You know, in, in what we do, especially with video games and things like that, we do a lot of effort, so we're doing a lot of yelling and screaming. It can really, you know, be rough. But I came up singing in smoky casinos and clubs and, you know, so, it, like, my throat's been through everything. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> You've got resilient vocal cords, in other words. That's right. I've got tenacious vocal cords. <laughs> okay, so so the singing thing was first. Was that, is that yeah. right? Or, yeah. and then... Yes, it was. It's been singing since forever. Like the, okay. I've, that's what I've always wanted my whole life. Um, and I got pretty close, man. I I made an album. I was signed with Blackground, which was Aaliyah's label before she passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, and they were a subsidiary of Universal Records. So I've been kind of in the mix. But the business of music is is ugly. Um, they always want you to be what the industry needs you to be so they, they they have to put you in this box and as a white kid singing r&b music it, i was never the right this or the right that and i've always had weight issues so i was either too big or you know whatever there's always some reason why they couldn't find a way to market me or whatever you know whatever the case may be and i ended up just getting kind of tired of it to be honest so i started making music for me instead of for the labels and stuff like that. Okay. And I'd never been happier. And then that's when I got into voiceover. 
And you did a little bit of stage acting as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, started in musical theater. Uh, actually, no, let's go back even further. It started with a group called Encore, with which, which was my church, <laughs> my church uh, drama group. We used to do like religious based plays and stuff like that when I was little. And then as I grew up, I got more into like stage and theater and uh, doing musical, musical theater and drama and stuff at school. So, yeah, everything from I've, I was Mr. Cladwell uh, in Urinetown. I was <clears throat> uh, Greg and Sylvia which was a lot of fun. That's the, actually, I usually play mostly antagonists, but that was the one good guy I got to play. So, you know, because with my voice, I just lend myself to the villain. And I don't, I don't know why. I'm really a nice guy, man, I swear. But, you know, but it, because I've got these pipes, man, they always say, oh, he's a bad guy. Let's throw him over there with the guys in black. So that's what I do. So I've been, <laughs> I, was, I was also the, uh, the main antagonist in the drowsy chaperone. So, uh, what was that? Mr. Feldzig, the producer. It, it, I love it. It's, fun. it's like you're flipping a switch the minute you do that when you switch into that oh, deeper the, range. <laughs> what do you mean? This range down here. <laughs> this is just my friend, Charles. I like to bring him out now and then he likes to get a point across. If it's not being made eloquently by his host, <laughs> I'm the host. Well, Heath is the host. Charles is the guy that tells him what it is. <laughs> right, and, and you did a couple of movies with Michael Madsen. I did. I was an extra in a Michael Madsen film called Silence. Um, and it was actually, it was kind of, I don't know if this is a, a proper term, but I think it is. It's a, it's a Bollywood film. Um, and it was released in 2019. It is currently on Amazon. Um, and I'm going to butcher the name if I try to pronounce it the way it's uh, Nimbald Sham, I think is the name of the actual movie in, in its own dialect. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a supernatural horror, like cop story. It's pretty cool. And Michael Madsen was, was fantastic. He was a real cool dude down to earth. Those are the type of actors I love to meet because usually for the music business, everyone is so stuck up and, and kind of full of themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get in any trouble saying that because everyone kind of knows. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, it's a weird vibe and it rubs wrong. But Michael, he, he was more like a voice actor in the fact that he was open and, and welcoming and, and very pleasant to be around. It was awesome. It, hearing about your career, at first I was like a little thrown. I said, well, that, I said, that's an interesting career transition going from an R&B singer to a voiceover actor. But it, it makes sense though when you think about it. It does because it's, all even in R and B music, we're putting on a show for the ladies, most likely. Right. Every show or every song is is catered to a certain thing, whether it's sexy, whether it's love, whether it's uh, appreciation, all that, all that type of stuff. It's all a form of invoking a character and and bringing something to life. And if you're singing words off of a page, just like voice acting, if you're reading words off of a page and you're not connecting to the copy, you're not connecting to the song, you're not connecting to the audience, it falls flat and it doesn't, I mean, you, you don't invoke those feelings. So what we do as actors and as, and as musicians is we are evoking, invoking emotion. We're trying to get, we're trying to tug at your heartstrings every time we, we step to the microphone. 
And that was what made the transition so easy for me because I could look at a piece of paper and I could see the rhythm and the melody within the lines on the wor- of the words of the page. It could be a spot like, uh, with precise control at every turn, the intelligent CTSV sedan is designed to perform. Anyone can build a car, but only we can build a Cadillac. It could be something so simple as a car spot, but the rhythm and the melody of that spot, and you know it's a luxury spot just based on the way it's delivered. And it's the same thing with music, and that's one thing that I love about it. That, that is such an interesting explanation of that. <laughs> for a voiceover for a car commercial from the smooth R&B song, and it, and it really all just ties together. Oh, yeah. And on my demo, I finally got to do, I got to combine both of my passions. So I do a Taco Bell spot on my demo, which you've heard, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing I do, I go, Taco Bell is the greatest in the world. So I sing the opening spot and then I go, you know, the all new Chalupa right now, Taco Bell. So I go through, like I get to sing and voice act on the same script. And I th- I, don't, I don't know if it's ever been done before. So I think I'm breaking new ground here. <laughs> You may establish your own little personal uh, My own niche. niche. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, songs going into the voiceovers. So, how did you get involved with uh, doing? Okay, we can we can say no. You know, I'm gonna let you say it about uh, about your your animation uh, experience. Oh man. Um, well, which one are you referring to? Because I'm involved in quite a few projects. I've got a, a show called, um, did you say, X-Men. oh, my my mentor is in the X-Men. Okay. Uh, so my mentor, Steve, oh, let's, let's go to the beginning of my voiceover story. Okay, so sure. I, I, was, I was fed up with music and I was looking for another creative outlet so that I could still, you know, I can't function if I'm not putting something out that's creative and a part of me. So my wife actually suggested voice acting and I hadn't thought about it before. I was familiar with some of the players, but I didn't really put a lot of stock into knowing who was who and who did what and all that kind of thing. I like, I knew who Frank Welker was. I knew who Peter Cullen was and I knew who Mel Blanc was and I knew who Phil Lamar was. That was it before I got into the business. So the first thing that I did when I started thinking about it and considering it seriously was I went to a website. uh, I went to a, a YouTube page called VO Buzz Weekly with Chuck Duran and Stacey J. Aswad. And I started watching these videos and these interviews with voice actors and all these, all these guys that are in all the shows that you know and love, right? And I started to find the common, th- the common threads and themes between all of them to, to what made them successful. It was like a free masterclass. And everyone that I talked to that asked me, hey, how do I get into voiceover? And it happens almost daily. Go to VO Buzz Weekly and watch all 500 videos or however many there is, and then come back and then we'll revisit the conversation. Um, one of the first guests that I saw on the show was actor Steve Bloom, who is the voice of Wolverine, the voice of um, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, the voice of, he's been Starscream, he's been um, Zeb from Rebels, uh, Sub-Zero. I mean, he's the most prolific. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most prolific video game actor or voice actor for video games in the world. He's been in a ton of video games. Um, and his wheelhouse was similar to mine. We were kind of in the same range. And, uh, you know, what's the... Uh, you're the best at what you do, bub. So his Wolverine is like... I grew up with it. 
Okay. So, so that's who I reached out to first. And I got into his classes at boomvoxstudios.com. And I've been with him ever since. I was one of the original students, me and our, in, in our class. And I've been, uh, he's been my mentor for almost five years now. Um, and that's how I got into the, the scholastic side of it. And I started training with other greats, Mark Grau, um, Everett Oliver, Mark Cashman, I mean, John Bailey, Mark Ryder. There's there's such an extensive list. Bob Bergen, um, Jess Harnell of mentors and coaches that I just can't even really quantify it. It's it's amazing. The community itself is so giving of of their time and everything. They will go ahead and in our in our Bloomvox Studios Facebook group, uh, anyone could ask a question and then have Bob Bergen, who's the voice of Porky Pig for 30, 40 years, come in and answer your question right there. Just, I mean, you don't have to go pay him for a conversation or a consultation. It's not, I mean, I'm sure he appreciates it when you do, but he's there to answer questions and all the, and you know, lots of uh, A-list actors are in there doing that. And so I find a lot of, of joy in paying that forward in everything that I learn. Now I'm kind of teaching to the next generation that's coming up behind me. And, um, it's been a, it's been a real joy, but as far as superhero stuff, I do. I love super. I love all the, all the nerd stuff. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, like I said, I collect masters of the universe figures. I have had toys my whole life. I love Marvel. I love DC. Sorry guys. If you're one of the other, I love both. Okay. Um, I love, <laughs> I do. I love dark horse. I love, uh, <laughs> I love what? Yeah. X-Men. I love all the stuff, man. All the, all the properties, all the movies, all the star Wars stuff. I I'm even starting to get into star Trek. And when I was little, it was star Wars only. I was like, no, it's only star Wars. There is no, but I've grown to appreciate and love the Trek also. Um, but I am, I, like I said, I always play the villain, right? So I get this gig for a superhero. I get, I booked two superhero gigs recently. One was for a show called Fighting All Odds. And it's, I don't know if this will come out before that. So I don't know what I can say as far, and get away with. Okay. Um, but I play a dual role. And one role is just a, reg, you know, a regular amazing role. And the other is an amazing role also, but it's, walking on the dark side. Right. So I, I, I just lend myself to that. Like, and then I book another one called American, American Kintsugi, which is a, a, an animated show in development right now. And I was like, yes, another superhero show. Woo we're, we're, we're on our way, man. And, um, I get the sides, I get the sides and I do the audition and they're like, we really like you for the villain. <laughs> All right. Yes. Fill in. Um, I do a Star Wars project where I play a Sith Lord. I, <laughs> I was just about to say, tell me that you're doing a Sith Lord boy. I am. <laughs> I, he's, it's this guy. Oh, Zuchiel, the force is not very strong with you. I'll need you to pay closer attention to your sister. She does it right. Something like that. You know, he's he's just dripping. Like every, It's like Emperor Palpatine. And I'm sure Ian McDiarmid just loved this aspect of that role. 
every word out of his mouth just oozes. Uh, it's just dripping with personality and uh, it's, I call it stank. Like in the music business, we say put some stank on it. And that dude put some stank on it. So I try to, I try to bring my elements of that whenever I play a role. I, um, I just booked, uh, a thing called the Byron Chronicles, which is a, a scripted podcast. And guess what? I'm playing a villain. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'll be honest. You know what? I, and I'm, I'll be honest. I love villains. I Vader is my favorite all time character in pop culture history. Uh, and I, you know, but he has a redemption arc. So I'm a big teddy bear, but I love villains. I just do. Okay. So, and you've also done voices for, for video games as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the first video game that I did was a, a, an independent game. No, the very first video game I did was for a European release of a Dragon Ball Z game. I played Broly, uh, which was a blast. My power is overflowing. I can't control it. You know, that, uh, sorry, I know that was really loud. It's okay. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I loved those, it. It was great. Those big, powerful villainous. You, I, Every, your audience probably knows who Broly is. So he's the big badass, right? He's just, ah, he's just rips muscles everywhere. Just, I mean, he's, he's stacked. And then when he feels his power, he, he literally starts small in the game. It's, it's like a, it's kind of like uh, Street Fighter, the style okay. of the game. And so he starts small and he's like, my power is rising overflowing and then he just goes and gets huge and it's like boom, round one and then they start fighting and stuff right this is blast the first game i ever booked and I, I loved it so much um shortly after that i booked a game called the killer gin which is available on stream um and it man i played multiple characters in that game I uh, I auditioned for more than I got, but I got plenty, right? So I, I play the village. Oh, not a villain. I play the village elder, who is not a villain. Oh, well, what time will the women be here? It's time to give up the offering. You know, that type of guy, just a little village elder. Uh, I play an orc sex slave. <laughs> because in this culture, the women are the dominant of the species, of the orc species. Okay. So, so they use the men. And I'd say stuff like, um, when I got to get my, my orc tusks, I am yours to command. Say what you will to me, my queen, and I will lie in the beds of the women for you and produce offspring. Or something, you know, I just made that up, but whatever. It's, it's, it's partial what I did and then partial made up. But, um... That character was a lot of fun. And then I played a dude that was like the general steel, like the guy, the, you know, Hey, incoming. We got, we got, we got action over here. You know, Oh, huh. I've never seen a killer gin before. So it's, he's like that, you know, that general that he's been around. He's been battle tested. That dude, that guy always comes up for me. Incoming! I don't know why. I just always get that kind of stuff. I love it. I love all of it. Like, I, I don't, do you want me just to be the soldier that gets blown up in the first five minutes? Cool. I'm your guy. Whatever you need. <laughs> now, with all the, the different things that you've done, and then whether on stage or, or provided a voice for it, do you have like a dream role that you haven't done yet? Man, I've got so many dream roles. Okay, so 
my my ultimate bucket list, and all my agents know this, by the way. Okay. Uh, hey, this is my if this ever shows up on your desk, <laughs> I need it. I need on. So when when Kevin Smith put out Masters of the Universe Revelation recently on Netflix, I lost my mind. I lost my entire mind. I watched that show. They only released the first five episodes at first, and everyone was like, complain. You know how the internet likes to get to buzzing and complaining, right? <laughs> Just wait. There's more coming. I swear. Uh, so, you know, they put out the first five episodes, and I was already all in. I was like, this is it. I, I collected Masters stuff when I was a kid, and then as an adult, I gave all my all my action figures to my oldest son years ago. So it's probably all either gone, hawked, or I don't know where it is. But, you know, a Beast Man out of the package from 1982 today sells for like $80. So I started collecting the Origins figures again and, and the replicas and stuff. And then Revelation came out, and I have every single Revelation action figure that there is. I, there's not one made that I don't own. Just, I know I... I it's an obsession, but whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, the cast was so beautifully put together. Mark Hamill as Skeletor is brilliant. If I could have been a character, it would, I would, obviously I'd want to be Skeletor because I love playing villains. <laughs> but to be honest, I'm more suited to play like Hordak because Hordak is more guttural. Skeletor is more up here. Uh, Hordak is more in the chest and, and down. Um, and they didn't, they haven't put him on the show yet. So fingers crossed. Um, and so they, they released this, this, uh, this season of excellence. It's beautiful. It's, it's animated by powerhouse animation. One of the best animation houses they've done Castlevania. They did blood of Zeus. Um, they've got, they're just incredible artists. And I'm, I'm, I'm sweating so much in my heat box. I'm sorry. Um, it's such a wonderful line. And then the cartoon was fantastic. And I found out yesterday that they're making a part two. So they're evolving the storyline. They're doing another one. And I told my agents, I, as soon as I saw Kevin Smith make the post about the new show, I said, oh, yes, please. And thank you. And then I tagged all my agents. And I said, if this comes across your desk, I need on. Uh, this is my, this is literally a bucket list item for me. So that's one, that's one bucket list. Another bucket list would be a Lucas film produced Star Wars animated show like Clone Wars, those type of things, Bad Batch. Um, that's a definite bucket list. When I got to meet Steve for the first time, it was so amazing. He was so gracious and, and, and as great in real life as he, as he had been online for years, you know, and he met my family and he was so kind to everyone. He took me in and, um, introduced me to the sound editor for Lucasfilm. And I'm sorry, I get choked up when I think about it. It's, he didn't have to do that. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to leave his booth, walk me over to another booth and say, Hey, this is the next guy. I just want to introduce you. And I thought that that was so, it was so telling of the type of mentor that I've chosen, right? I, I, I'm a good person and I, I need to be around good people. And to see how he does that, it, it informs how I, you know, how I plan on paying it forward when I'm in a position to do so. And um, Matt Wood is the name of the, uh, of the, uh, of the gentleman. And 
he couldn't have been nicer. And he's like, yeah, dude, I could hear you guys having a stormtrooper battle and all kinds of just, and I just was like in heaven. I was like, ah, I'm at the table. I'm at the table. So, you know, we, all our lives, we just, we dream of as artists, we dream of that, of that notoriety, of that acceptance into the world. In R in the R&B music, that came in form of my mentors when I was working with H-Town and Jodeci and some of those guys and Silk. Uh, but in, in voiceover, it's everywhere you look. Every single A-list, I can't, I can't think of a single one that I have reached out to that has either just completely ignored me or been rude. They're, I know they exist, okay? I'm not naive. I know that they exist in every circle. And it's probably more in like the independent game dev type groups, you know, that like the Twitter casting calls and stuff like that. They're out there. But the guys that I'm trying to be at the table with, every one of them. I mean, Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko Warner from the Animaniacs is a good mentor of mine and a good friend. Steve Bloom, obviously I've already talked about how much I love him. Chuck Duran is the greatest demo producer in voiceover. He's done everyone's everyone's demo. He did my demo. He's done the best of the best. Joe Cipriano. So many people that are in Bob Bergen. I, dude, I could, if I'm like struggling with an audition, I can reach out to Bob and he'll be like, he'll just tell me something. I'll be like, duh, I knew that. And, but he's available to talk to young artists and young actors. And I've never seen it anywhere. It's amazing. I think to your point about uh, everybody being so nice, I, I think with voice acting, especially probably with the an animation world, I think the people involved know that it's really kind of a legacy. You know, when they're, when they're putting their voice on it, they're putting a stamp on it that's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, if you're and, lucky. And, <laughs> and, yeah, right. And, and I guess that's probably why they're so welcoming into the community. It's like, well, I'm not going to be able to do everybody's voice. Like, I'm not Mel Blanc. <laughs> right, right. So let's, you know, let's open the door to see who else can do it. That's right. And everyone's got the thing, the things that they're really good at, you know, like right. everyone's got their, their, <clears throat> their sweet spot and everyone has their own unique voice. And that's the thing that we really, really talk about in our, in our, you know, our social media groups and stuff like that is that what brings, what you bring to the table specifically, your voice, your true unique voice, that's what steps you, step, separates you from everyone else. And so the, you never have to be like, oh, well, they, you know, everyone's just like me or I'm just like every. No, you're not. There's something about you that's different, whether it's your experience in life, whether it's how you view the world, how you view certain subjects. Something about you is uniquely individual to you. And that's the voice we try to find. And that's the voice I try to bring to every role because it's all they're all different parts of me. Right. But but there, you know, some I got to reach down deep into the darkness to find like this Byron Chronicles. I did a <laughs> I did a teaser spot for it. And it was like there's there was an old rock group in the 80s called Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. And they put out a song called Number of the Beast. At the very beginning of that song, there's a dialogue. It's kind of like a Vincent Price kind of creepy thing. But I, I, I did a promo for the spot and did that. I basically translated that and did it the way I would do this character. And I can't say who the character is at this point because it's still a surprise. But it is, it is the ability to find myself in what someone else wrote or what someone else said or whatever 
and make it mine that makes me a unique individual. So I try to bring that to everything that I do. What do you think is probably the most important thing somebody should know if they want to get into voice acting? There's so many things to remember. It's, it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Make sure that you're finding the right coaches that you vibe with, that you can learn from. It doesn't have to be one coach and it doesn't have to be a billion coaches, but I like to mix it up and have get different flavors. Um, learn to live with gratitude. So we have a saying called an attitude of gratitude. And, and I try to use that every day. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm having a bad day. I try to think about something that I'm grateful for. And then I'm, that's how I push on. Um, being grateful and, and, and expressing my gratitude has actually taken me really far. I had natural talent coming in, but the thing that separated me and that stood out to people that were watching was my gratitude, was my attitude, was the things that I, the way that I carried myself, the, the professionalism, the, <clears throat> the ability to, or not ability, but the, uh, just how I, I'm always trying to help someone, you know, um, and it's, that's, that's true for everything I ever do. I've coached football and I was like that. I improv. I'm like that. Um, music. I'm like that in a group or as a soloist, it doesn't matter. you find, you find the things that work. And the thing that I noticed when I watched all those videos on VO Buzz Weekly was every single one of them had something to do with gratitude. Every, everyone that I looked up to anyway, um, every one of them. And so I took those common things and I, just started implementing them into my life. And cause it's really easy to get caught up in the moment. Like, uh, like things aren't going well for you today. So it's easy to get bummed out. Well, God, I'm not getting a call back. I'm not getting any gigs. I'm not booking whatever, or I'm not finding the roles that I want. I'm not finding auditions. I'm not getting an agent. What, I mean, there's always going to be an obstacle every step of the journey. When I first got in, I had no idea what I was doing. I started sending voice samples to A-list actors, right? <laughs> Bob Bergen being one of them. And he was like, dude, I mean, you got nice pipes, but you're green. You need training. You need acting. You need improv. You need all, you need to do all these things. And if you take this craft seriously, that's what you'll do. Come back to me when you started doing some things. I have kept in contact with him for five years. Joe Cipriano is the, the voice of, uh, the Simpsons. Uh, he does, Every promo you can think of, you've probably heard him. Live sporting events, the Olymp uh, I don't know if he's done the Olympics, but uh, award shows, all this stuff. I sent him a similar letter when I first got into the business as I sent Bob. And he was like, man, yeah, okay, you're a, you're a great singer. What does that have to do with voice acting? Nothing. Call me when you've got some experience. Or basically, you know, that's the gist of it. And I was hurt. Like, I was kind of crushed because I was like, this dude was like just... He's like, I don't even want to hear from you for six months. So I got busy. I got to work. I got learning my craft. I got humbled real quick, right? And I just started building up what I could do. And then the next time I, I didn't wait six months to, to hit him back. I waited a year. Oh, you don't want to hear me from me for six months? I'll tell you what. A year later, it, with one year of training under my belt, I went back to him and I gave him a read that blew his socks off. He's like, that's a great, that's a bookable read. And the, and that's kind of what I was doing. I was using these, these geniuses and these, these icons in this business to bounce things off of, to see what works, to see what doesn't work, to see uh, if I'm even 
in the ballpark? Am I even going in the right direction? It was awesome because it was, and I've talked to Joe several times since then, and he's just, he's, he couldn't be more proud of what I've uh, accomplished thus far and, and just the growth from then to now. And he remembers all of that. It's like, yeah, dude, I remember the, that first email you sent me. I also remember that you're never at a loss for words because my emails are like, <laughs> I would send novels. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just got a lot to say. <laughs> so, so I would send a lot of, a lot of stuff in the message, but, um, it was, it was stuff like that. It was, it was realizing that I need to always be working on my brand because when you stop, everything passes you by everything, everyone else is, it keeps going. If you stop, you're, you're falling behind. So I, so I stayed up on the training and I stayed up on the studio. I always had a little bit of a home studio because I've been a musician for so long. I've been vo recording vocals for 30 years, but the difference between a voiceover studio and a, and a vocalist studio is night and day because in an R and B record, ambient sound sounds awesome. Like a little, a little bit of room noise. Yeah. Ooh, get, let it get, ooh, that's crispy. That sounds real nice. Not in voiceover. It has to be dead, dead air sound. It has to be quiet, right? So we go through, we, we're always upgrading. We're always evolving. And it never stops. You never stop evolving. Uh, my, another mentor, uh, colleague and coach of mine, Tom Antonellis is, is my dialect coach. And he, and I have a similar philosophy in that we're always learning. We always want to be learning because when we stop learning is when we stop growing. And I always want to be at least chasing the cusp of greatness. If I'm not great, I want to be great. If I'm great, I want to be better. Right. And that's just, I've always been like that my whole life, whatever I was doing, whether it was wrestling, martial arts, football, soccer, music, always evolving, trying to find better ways to be a dad and a husband. I've always tried to make myself better. And sometimes I'm successful, sometimes not so much. But when you're not successful, you learn from it and it's always a lesson in it. So maybe that didn't work out that way. What did work out? Okay, let's, let's evolve that portion of it. And then you do it in stages and you do what you can handle when you can handle it, you know? Yeah. So speaking of, of, uh, just advice for guys, just be, you need to have thick skin because you're going to get a lot of no, you're going to get a lot of rejection, but for the more that you build and build and build, a lot of those no's become not right now's. And then those not right now's become pretty soon. And then those pretty soon's become a call out of the blue and you weren't expecting going, Hey, remember when we talked a year ago, I got this gig that I need your help with. And that's how it works. That is really how it works. And it, you have to be prepared when that occurs. So opportunity favors a prepared person. Study. Get with coaches. Get with people that, that, that help you along. Demos are crucial, a crucial part of it, but they're really expensive. So you have to kind of build up to that. I've been blessed in ways that I've worked with people that have um, really kind of stuck their neck out for me and, and taken me under their wing in, in, in essence. And I would love to, man, speaking about bucket list stuff, man, anything Star Wars, anything Marvel, anything DC, anything, if they did a GI Joe remake, I'd want to be in that transformers, everything. I video games, all of it. I want it all. <laughs>
movie trailers, promos. I want to be the voice of Fox. I want to be the voice of FX. Eh, maybe not Fox, but FX. Eh, I'll be the voice of whoever wants me. But I'm I my vocal wheelhouse lends more to tonight on FX. You know, somewhere something something gritty, something creepy, something's coming in the hallway. No, but I mean, it's like whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do. That's what I want to do. So if, if people want to find out like what you've been up to, uh, where, where can we steer them? Sure. Yeah. Um, the best place to get all my information as far as how to get, how to reach me, social medias and stuff is my website. Uh, you alluded to it earlier. It's heathmartinvo.com. And from there you can get to my music. You can get to my album. You can get to my Bandcamp page. You can get to, you can see samples of some samples of some of my work. You can find my social media handles, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, but it's simple. Everything is at Heath Martin VO. All my branding is exactly the same across the board. Except music, because music I go by Anthony Martin, which is my middle name and my last name. So my name is Heath Anthony Martin. So name on IMDb is Heath A. Martin. And my voice for my name for voiceover is Heath Martin. And my voice for my voice, my name for music is Anthony Martin or AM, which is the name of my first album, uh, which is available right now on my website. But my website will get you to wherever you need to get to me. And I'm not my stuff is run by me. I don't have some handling my social media accounts that's, you know, shielding and blocking people from getting to me. I get message requests from people I don't know all the time. And if it's not obviously spam, I'll look at it and I'll respond to them. It might not, I mean, some people really just want to know how to get into voiceover. Some people want to know how to get me on their podcast. Some people want to know, you know, where to find the album. I'm not always available, but I'm always reachable. So if I have a, tweet that I mentioned in at Heath Martin VO, I'll respond to it. I'll retweet it. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm very social in that way. And that I don't want to be the standoffish guy that I ran into all the time in the music business. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's semi accessible. As long as you respect my, my personal privacy boundaries, like family time and all that stuff. That's my time. But when I'm on here and I'm promoting and I'm growing and I'm branding, I'm available. And Otherwise, why would I be on here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really busy, but I'm going to scroll for a while, okay? Um, let's see here. Oh, I want to mention a few things, if you don't mind. I've got a uh, scripted comedy podcast called The Potchkey Audio Chronicles. And I actually... <laughs> Oh, Harvey. Oh, there he is. Oh, I've been missing, buddy. Where you been? He's a little older than I had depicted him earlier. It's Grandpa Flotsky right here from uh, Mountain Springs. Oh, it's good to talk to you. You don't say, oh, is the bomb packaged and ready to go? No, so I we we have a, a scripted comedy podcast called the Potsky Audio Chronicles. It's, it's about a, a couple of gumshoes that are really... Well, one is pretty good, and the other guy is kind of a moron by design, and it's it's so funny. It's PotskyAudioChronicles uh, dot com. We're up to season two, episode. I'm not in season one, but I'm in season two, episode one, and we're actually creating episode two right now as we speak. I think we're recording this week. Um, I've got that going. Like I said, American Kintsugi, 
which is uh, a, a company based out of Seattle, Washington, which is my home, which is fantastic. And it's an animated property and it's kind of political, um, but it's, I, I got a, a great bad guy, you know, his name is Roadblock. He's a, he's an ex-military fighter pilot that's burnt and scarred to hell and got machinery. He kind of looks like Robocop meets Hellraiser. I don't know. He's, he's pretty dope looking like he's got his skins falling off and he's got like, you know, he's a deep New York type accent. You know what I'm saying? He's got like, Hey, what are you doing over there? Come here. Come here. Now I'm talking to you. He's got that gruff, you know, kind of like taxi cab confessions. If he was a, a real bad guy, I don't know. No, not taxi cab confessions. I think that's the late night programming. Honey, what's the name of that show? Oh, never mind. She left me. Um, so, no. <laughs> His name's Roadblock. You can find him at a cartoon near you soon. Um, Roadblock's a lot of fun. I'm doing a thing called the Byron Chronicles, like I said. That is at, uh, shoot, I don't remember the website, but look up Byron Chronicles on on Googly, and it will take you right there. You can listen to the podcast. I do a podcast called Star Wars. Knights of the Old Republic Resurgence, where I play the narrator and I play multiple voices, but my main character is the Sith Lord, Lord Tihar, Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> he likes to laugh. Um, so I like that guy a lot. He's a lot of fun. Uh, what else we got going on, man? I just did the... Uh, I just did the trip. I can, I can mention this. It's out and I'm going to be sharing it later today. I just did the trailer for the brand new VR video game called Among Us VR. Those of you that have children probably know what Among Us is and you're probably annoyed with your children because of it, but I'm sorry. We're coming out with a new and improved version for the VR. Um, it is, you know, you got the little, the crewmates, the, they look like little minions kind of and they run around and you got, the fake, the imposters. So you got one or two imposters that will either act like they're the killer. I'm not sure exactly the mechanics of the game, but one person did it and everyone else has to figure out who did it or at least live long enough to finish the tasks. Loads of fun, hours and hours of gameplay fun. <clears throat> and we're dro I'm dropping that trailer tonight. Ooh, I did a really cool, really, really, really cool animated film called Beacon. Um, the trailer to that is on my IMDb page. It's the video that plays when you log on to my name at IMDb. And it is, uh, think the thing meets aliens meets, uh, last man's on earth or something. So I, I play the name of my character is the survivor and I have crash landed on an alien planet. It's an ice planet. It's covered in snow and ice and it's just terrible conditions. And I'm trying to put up beacons and I'm trying to get rescued basically, but it's a, it's a tragic tale and it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I cried most of the session. So I, like through the whole movie, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like through the whole thing. So uh, that's very, guys, if you're going to be an actor, this is one thing I want to tell you. And this is from my heart and truthful. You're going to give so much to some of these roles. They're going to require a piece of your soul. But when you leave the booth, just leave it there. I did literally, I literally cried for like three hours when I filmed or when I recorded Beacon. 
and they didn't use all of it, but they got enough good, gushy stuff to put in there. And I literally had to take a beat and go, wait, I, I got to collect because I was really worked up. I was hyperventilating. It was, it wasn't pretty. It was, it was quite ugly if I can be at liberty to say and to discuss. I don't know if it's, it's not proper, is it? No. And, and, you know, these guys just pop up all the time. They're all, dude, where did you come from? And why do you have a British accent? I don't understand. No, but they do. They pop up all the time. I love them. I love sharing my headspace with all these creations and, uh, just, it gives me life. It gives me purpose. And, and the fact that, um, the fact that my wife turned me on to voice acting is really special to me because, it showed a level of support that I didn't know was there, if that makes sense. Because there's support in life, but then there's support of artistic endeavors, things that usually our spouses don't quite as understand the way we look at them and the way we feel about them. And the fact that she was like, yo, why don't you try this? I'll never forget that, ever. And uh, I owe... 98% of my happiness to that, to her telling me to make that decision. And that's pretty awesome. Okay. Before I let you go, I know you've been kind of pulling them out of the catalog here. <laughs> I was wondering, could you do uh, could you improvise a little outro for this interview? Yeah, absolutely. What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> this is my, this is my go-to guy. I don't even know why he's here. This guy, he, this guy wasn't invited. Vinny, go on. You and Chuck, get out of here. Um, Let's see. <clears throat> yes. Oh, hello there. Yes. You've been listening to Jim, the podcast Sherpa, as it were. He's quite ingenious, if I do say so myself. I've had just a magnitude of pleasure just coming on the show with you. Jim, you've been a gentleman and a scholar, and I appreciate you timelessly. Now, where can the people find you? Oh, everywhere. <laughs> and sharepollution.com, of course. <laughs> Keith Martin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Uh, thank you to all the listeners that watch the show. Man, if you've got dreams, chase them. No matter what. Because the only thing that's going to happen is regret if you don't. So if you got dreams, chase them. That's, that's, I'll leave you with that. Let's get back to the Sherpa. Sorry about that. Thank you so much to Heath Martin for your time and for the wonderful voices. And if you like hearing voices, then you want to subscribe to this podcast. And maybe to hear some more voices, leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell people about the Sherpa Illusion. Tell them we need more listeners. More, more, more. There are never enough. Okay, I feel better now. You can follow the show on social media, Sharpolution, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And you can also hear it on any of your favorite podcast apps, any of them. And my website, Sharpolution.com. How about that? See, the best of both worlds, folks. So have a listen next week, and we will be back with too many podcasts. And I will be speaking to a guy named Khalil Smith, a guy who lived in a submarine <laughs> and does a podcast. Well, not at the same time because, you know, it's hard to transmit down there. But Khalil is really cool. I got to be on his show. He came on my show. We got to know each other. He's a clothing designer as well, and he likes speaking to entrepreneurs. Super nice guy. 
I think a real talent to watch out for, folks. But in the meantime, Mr. Bruce, you know what we got to do. We got to head on out of here and get ready. So, to all of you out there in podcast land, I say, Viva La Revolution. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Sherpa Screening Room. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. I'm Mr. Bruce, and this has been a Sherpa Loose Studios production. Viva la Sherpa Lution.